Welcome to Heartland Church of Christ podcast on spiritual disciplines. I'm Jeff Adair, and I'm here with Steve Gibbony. Steve, how's it going today? Well, you know, it's a Friday, right? Yeah, good Friday today. Yeah. Bad news is that Jesus died on a Friday. That's right. But good news is Sunday's coming. We say Sunday's coming. That's right. Jesus rose from the dead. Yes. And how could I be anything but great with Jesus rising from the dead? That's right. Amen. I agree totally. Um, You know, I'm really excited to talk about our subject today because, like I've mentioned in the past, this subject is really grabbed my attention. I'm looking forward to, to getting into everything. But before we do, Steve, I want to ask you a question. Are you a nap guy? Oh, yes. <laughs> that is my specialty. Nice. Yeah. Uh, when I get up for my nap each day, you know, I feel like the resurrection has happened all over again. There it is. Yeah. In fact, I am so good at it, uh, I have been thinking I should limit my nap time just a little. Okay. Uh, you know, I should take a Sabbath from naps. Oh, wow. I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Naps are cool. But I'm very good at naps, yes. (laughs) That's awesome. It's one thing I've uh, tried to tell the teens. It's like, you know, we get mad when we're really young at naps. But then we get older, we're like, why were we so mad at naps? Because naps are like our best friend, you know? (laughs) I don't know why we spent so much time being so mad at naps when we were young. I love Mm -hmm. it. So, Steve, I read a while ago that the fourth commandment, um, which is the Sabbath, given to Moses is placed where it is because it looks back to the first three and we see a God who rests, but at the same time, it looks forward to the other six and it shows how to rest along with our neighbors. So it's God, self, and neighbor along in Sabbath and sharing. Uh, What a great picture, right? Wow, awesome. So what is Sabbath and why is it so important for our spiritual growth? So, you know, God rested on the seventh day uh, after creation. He instituted the day of Sabbath rest, you know, even before the law was given. So in Exodus 16, he establishes the Sabbath rest for them. And it's not until later when he goes up on Mount Sinai that the the rest of the laws are actually created of the Ten Commandments. He built us to need rest so that we could recharge. Um, Exodus 31, 17, speaking of God, says on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Hmm. And I thought that's a really interesting take on the translation and that word. And and uh, one of the Bible dictionaries I looked at said that that literally, when he says refreshed, means caught his breath. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And if you stop and think about it, well, what was all that work that God was doing? Yeah. You know, it was the Spirit moving. It was, and the Spirit is called the breath of God. True. And it's the Word that created, right? When right. He spoke. Wow. So all that creative work was God and His Spirit speaking forth all of the universe. And so He caught His breath. That's awesome. What an awesome picture. Um, You know, Walter Brueggemann uh, says that God shows us three things by taking a divine rest on that seventh day. He says that uh, one is is, God's not a workaholic. Uh, Two, that he isn't anxious about the full functioning of creation. And the third is that the well-being of creation does not depend on endless work. And those three things I have really taken uh, to heart because I know, like I've mentioned to you in the past, you know, I'm a Reagan baby. So we've been taught kind of to produce and produce and produce. Mm Mm-hmm. And we can't even get anxious about having to do things. And I always tell my wife, uh, Sarah, that sometimes we need to realize that we're not God and that he is. Because we can. We can't do everything that he can do. That, so that, those three things I thought were, were have really stuck with me about Sabbath. That is. That is. I'm, I'm a, a compulsive person, which means I'm just like, I'm just driven. I, I, I want to get something done. You yeah. know, if I think there's something that needs to be done, 
I'm going to do it. You know, I'm I'm putting up the ketchup bottle before Yolanda's done using it there for dinner. And she goes, where's it at? You know, <laughs> okay, I put it up already. Sorry. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm too much that way. And so I think that's at, that's um, awesome where he says he's not anxious about that full function. Yeah. We, we need to be able to reduce that anxiety about doing something next. Right. And so the idea for Israel uh, was to cease secular work. Okay. Uh, it was meant to be a blessing for them. In Deuteronomy 5.14, it says that this blessing was to be extended to the foreigners among them, uh, also to their servants. Awesome. And to their animals even. So it was a humanitarian law for the people. And so do you think, um, Jeff, that the Israelites ever got a day off when they were slaves in Egypt? <laughs> I would probably say no. My, my first guess would probably be no. <laughs> no. So imagine the blessing it was to them to be let out yeah. uh, and to be told, you know, this is a day when you're going to, going to rest. And, you know, they had a little trouble with that. If, if you remember the, the very first uh, Sabbath, you know, what God was was doing was providing the, the manna for them. Correct. And he said, just gather a double amount on the day before the Sabbath, and don't worry, the, it'll stu- the food will stay fresh. But what they do? Some of them felt like oh, I better go out there on the Sabbath yeah. and still pick a few more because I, you know, and they got in trouble for that. Yes, you know, uh, that rest was important. I love the idea that it wasn't just for the Israelites. It's so awesome, and I'm sure that wasn't practiced before, and I'm sure it was very radical at the time. And of course, right now it seems very radical to us. I'm sure. Um, but Steve, I know that we humans love new things, but that new always wears off. We don't always keep that new feeling. But what what happened to the Sabbath after exile? Because we know they were taken to Babylon, but then they came back and they wanted to rebuild this beautiful uh, Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. was it the same, or did everything uh, change? It it did change. It changed after the return from the exile. The synagogue system was set up. Okay. Um, and I don't know all, exactly all the reasons for the synagogue system needing to be set up. Maybe they, maybe they couldn't travel to the temple anymore the same way as past. Okay. I'm not really sure. But um, the Sabbath day became a day of worship and study. Um, maybe a little bit like our, you know, our, you know, our Sunday yeah. Sunday mornings are. So the rabbis uh, wrote extensive rules for Sabbath keeping. And that turned Sabbath, instead of a blessing, being a blessing, into a burden. That sounds like it. Yeah. And, you know, all I can guess here is maybe the experience, you know, we talk about why would they do that? Maybe the experience of the exile was so painful uh, that they thought that they would ensure it would never happen again. Right. So, So tell me... Jeff, when do you create a new rule for Ethan? Well, usually when he does something he shouldn't do. Yes. <laughs> now, he maybe didn't know beforehand he wasn't right. supposed to do that, right? Correct. Right? So it's like, okay, uh, don't um, don't stick your fudge sickle to the wall, Ethan. Right. right? Yes. That ne- ne- never had to exist until no. he did that, right? That's correct. Yeah, he probably has never done that. Not so. yet. Give him time, um, I'm sure. So, and, and hopefully <laughs> Ethan won't be listening to this, so I'm not giving him any ideas. <laughs> right. But right after he has learned something that, you know, is, is you don't want him to do or is going to be harmful for him, 
So I think it's kind of natural human nature. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, in business, you know, uh, my career in business, you know, you what happened, why were certain policies created uh, on the job? Yeah. Well, something happened, and a policy had to be created to prevent that from happening again. It's true. You know, and, that, and that's why. So I think maybe there was some of that, um, that, that idea and thinking as to, okay, well, let's just make sure we we're keep it right this yeah. time. Um, you know, honestly, it seems a little illogical to me to make a lot of rules about rest, but I am, again, I am not a rabbi. Like I said, I'm not living back then, but what does Jesus, our rabbi, have to say about Sabbath? Yeah, Jesus, he honored the Sabbath, but he came into sharp contention with the teachers because they had made it a hardship. Yeah. And this had been, you know, this was 400 or so years uh, of, of practicing these new rules on Sabbath when okay. Jesus came around. Uh, and so when it came to the balance, uh, they favored law observance over blessing people. Uh, and Jesus was just the opposite. Yeah. He favored people over the law. So, for instance, he ate from the grain field on the Sabbath. Oh, yeah. He healed people on the Sabbath. And that always got him into trouble with the scandalous? religious leaders. Yeah. You know. But he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. Hmm. And that's and that's a that's a key. He yes. was very he was you know very different from what the teachers uh, had been saying for several generations. You know, it's kind of like he was saying that we are more than just commodities, and that our value is way more than our work. When he says the Sabbath was made for man and not man for Sabbath. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, and and before we move on concerning Jesus's relationship to the Sabbath. I want to share one more thing I recently read related to Jesus and the Sabbath. Okay. It, it probably says more about the resurrection uh, than the Sabbath, per se, uh, which is appropriate since we will be uh, celebrating Easter this Sunday. Yes. Uh, but it was cool. So and I was really struck by this. So, so think about this. The Gospel of John really relates this. But in Jesus' final week on earth, uh, what he accomplished was nothing short of what God accomplished when he originally created the heavens and the earth. So think about it this way in terms of the new creation. Did you realize that he completed his work on the sixth day in his crucifixion? Okay. And then he rested in the tomb. Jesus had a Sabbath in the tomb on the seventh day. Wow. In the exact same way in which God finished creation on the sixth day, rested on the seventh, Jesus finished his work of the new creation on the sixth day, rested on the seventh. And wow. then the new creation sprang forth with Jesus' resurrection as the first to rise from the dead. Wow. That's awesome. I had never thought about that way. I know. I read that just recently, and it just it just blew me away. You know, that really puts the nail in to to me that that idea of the new creation. Yeah. Um, and it began then. That's awesome. What a what a great thing to 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 put together. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Scripture amazes me. Yes. You know, God amazes me, and it just every time I see 
how intricately he has orchestrated this world and his plan for us that, you know, I, I just continue to be amazed. Yes. Speaking of the resurrection, after the resurrection, did did they, the early Christians, did they continue to do these practices um, as well? Or is that something that was, I want to say, lost by the wayside, but was it something that was just not as practiced as much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the early church switched focus to the first day of the week to worship God, for it was the first day of the week that Jesus was raised from the dead. Yeah. Uh, and Jewish Sabbath laws were no longer reinforced. Okay. Um, there are some uh, in, in, in Christian following faiths that uh, do actually believe that the Sabbath should be continued. Uh, and they will point to verses like, or passages uh, like uh, the fact that, uh, that uh, Paul did go to the cities, each of the cities, and he would go uh, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and he would teach. And yeah. so, you know, it looks like Jesus, or looked like, looks like Paul was um, in some way still celebrating the Sabbath. But uh, I, I believe it was just for the practical reason that. Um, there were Jews together who he could have as an audience. Yeah. So he was sharing the good news to the Jews first in every city he went to, and then he would go to the Gentiles. Right. Uh, but I find it interesting in Acts chapter 15, you know, uh, when there's the, the council and there's these decisions over what pieces of law keeping are needed yes. and, and what's not. And, um, you know, it's about circumcision. It's about some of the dietary laws. It's about... You know, some of those different things. But, you know, I find it interesting to note uh, that Sabbath keeping was not retained it was very in that big discussion. Yeah. In fact, it didn't even come up as an issue. So, yeah. You know, if you thought the the Judaizers, which they're called the, the circumcision group, yeah. uh, as they were called, um, you know, if Sabbath was something that they thought needed to be retained, I bet that would have been part of that debate. Right, sure. But we don't hear anything about that. Um, And then Paul goes on later uh, in Colossians 2.16 to specifically mention, you know, that Christians should not let anyone judge them in regard to keeping the Sabbath. Okay. So that probably went both ways. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's prohibiting the Sabbath at that point, but don't judge. Uh, you know, and, and, and if you look at that, it says, you know, don't judge anyone in regard to these new moons and these other festivals yeah. um, as well. Uh, because he said, you know, to some day, to some people, every day is alike. To other right. people, it's special. It's still special. So I think that uh, there prob- probably could have been Christians who still retained uh, a measure of Sabbath keeping. Uh, and neither side was to judge the other. Yeah. That's but it certainly was not a requirement right, okay. uh, of the Christian faith. Okay, that's good. Um, so as we move on from uh, the early Christians, how about we move on to today? Is there anything that that says that we are supposed to do this today or we commanded to? Or is it something that we can kind of, I don't want to say pick and choose, but it's something that we need as a definite rhythm. But is there something that we uh, should take from that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting question, you know. And um, so Christians are not commanded to observe the Sabbath day and follow the Jewish law. But the principles uh, of the Sabbath is founded in creation, and we need rest. 
and replenishment. Yes. Sabbath practice honors our limits. Mm. So no, God has none. Yes. But he rested. Mm -hmm. God has no limits. He's always with us. But we do have limits. And we need to honor that. As you said, we kind of are in this society and you grew up in this age where, um, you know, stopping uh, to rest and honor those limits um, has kind of, we've kind of lost that boundary. Yes. Um, So our society has a very hard time with this. We value productivity. We feel unproductive doing, quote unquote, nothing. Right. Yes. Right. Um, It was one of the other quotes from from uh, one of our other lessons on solitude is, you know, solitude is is defined by some people as wasting time with God. Yes, they are. You know, um, <laughs> but rest and taking that time uh, to delight in God, to delight in your family, yeah. um, they are important to your spiritual, mental, and physical well-being. So... I mentioned this in class, but but my take in all of this um, is that, you know, I went back and looked at some of the spiritual disciplines books that I had been studying for okay. all these various classes. And, and I just happened to notice that um, the, the newer books on, on my bookshelf included Sabbath as one of the spiritual disciplines. Okay. But a couple of the older ones, uh, Richard Foster's, you know, classic yeah. from 1978, I believe it was, um, didn't include Sabbath. Um, Dallas Willard wrote in the 1980s, late 1980s, and his book doesn't include the Sabbath. So oh, that wow. made me curious. Um, so, you know, my belief, the theory I told the class was um, that... Today, we are so much more since the boom of the internet, because back in the 70s and 80s, in 70s and 80s, the internet wasn't even heard of. Right. In 89 or late 80s, um, I think we had PCs on our desks. Correct, yeah. And, you know, if we had a, a, a modem, you know, we might be able to connect to the internet, but it, there was nothing compared to what we have today oh, in yeah. the internet. So we're kind of in this 24 7 tech lifestyle with our phones and everything. Um, and then, um, I, so I believe that that those people who were studying, you know, in, in the theological circles were seeing that in the world and they were also seeing uh, minister burnout. Yeah. Um, because we've turned uh, Sunday into maybe the busiest day. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we can have... Bible class and we can have our worship service and then we can maybe go out to lunch with some friends which is great and awesome and then we might have a small group meeting and then, and in the day we used to have then another Sunday evening service right. and and you might even squeeze since you got everybody there anyway you might squeeze in a a ministry meeting you know oh, some you yeah. some some team needed to go you know work on their next church project and so well, what's a better day to do it than the day I'm already going to go to church anyway and so we've turned, you know, in some instances, we've turned Sunday uh, into the busiest and most, one of the most stressful days. Yeah. If we're true. participating in all, all those things. And so I decided to check that theory uh, a little bit, you know, so a little bit of verification for it. I went out to Amazon this week and just searched for, you know, spiritual disciplines, searched for Sabbath okay. uh, books. 
And so, um, and, and so, and there are a number of Sabbath books. Some of them are written from the uh, Jewish perspective because yeah. Jews still obviously uh, practice that, and there were some written for them. And but there were Christian books on on Sabbath keeping. And um, the first dozen I checked, and I stopped after that. Uh, all of those books that included Sabbath as you know a a Christian spiritual discipline were written in the 2000s. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and so I finally, and I looked around a little bit for, are there any other spiritual discipline books that, you know, that d- don't include it? it? And, I, and I found one, um, and it was a Charles Stanley book, and it was okay. written in the 1990s. And it, he does not include Sabbath keeping. So oh, wow. Okay. That, to a degree, uh, I wouldn't call that thorough research, but that um, kind of validated my point. Yeah. This is probably something that has just come to everyone's attention how rest deprived we really are and how important that concept that God created for us was. I'd mentioned in an earlier class uh, when we were talking about solitude again, um, Carl Jung said, uh, the psychotherapist, hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil oh yes okay (laughs) so we've gotten ourselves just wrapped up into that um and one more thing about that is um ruth haley barton again she writes in her book sacred rhythms um about sabbath she has a chapter on the sabbath awesome and so she uh, tells uh, this story that gives a real uh interesting perspective okay to me on it so um, she's talking about um, a lady named Lauren Winner, who was a Jewish lady who converted to Christianity. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And she's written a book out there. I think it's called like Mud, Mud House Coffee Shop Sabbath or something oh, like wow. that. Okay. So you can go out and, and, and check that out. But um, she says Lauren Winner... Um, captures the difference between Christian Sunday and the Jewish Sabbath as she experienced it one Sunday afternoon after church. So she goes to this coffee shop and she stumbled across another book by another lady who was Jewish who had converted to Christianity. Okay, and she wrote about this experience. So she's writing about what she saw another Christian lady write about. Okay. And so what this lady says, Nan Fink is her name, in, 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 and I don't know the name of this book, but she says Shabbat, which is what the Jewish people call Sabbath, yes. is like nothing else. Time as we know it does not exist for these 24 hours. Mm. The worries of the week soon fall away a feeling of joy appears she talks about you know the smallest object a leaf or a spoon shimmers in a soft light and and the heart opens wow she says shabbat is a meditation of unbelievable beauty wow so winner lauren winner then contrasts that with her own experience of sitting in the mud house coffee shop on this sunday morning she said, it was not an ordinary work day, and I did feel somewhat more relaxed than on Monday morning. 
but it was not Shabbat. Hmm. She said, this lady in this book nailed it. Shabbat is like nothing else. Shabbat is, without question, the piece of Judaism that I miss most. Okay. So she realizes, you know, having had that comparative experience, uh, something really valuable and precious, the time with God, is missing wow. from our daily life. And and so, you know, we, you know, we, we even in some sense shifted some of the ideas, I mean, think in, in, in theory of Sunday, you know, as a worship and a time devoted to God, but we devote that, you know, that, that hour and a half to two, three hours in the morning or whatever it is. And then, as I said, we may be doing other things with Christians during that time, but sure. we haven't um, captured that same essence of rest. Yeah. That is fascinating how she, she realized that the healthy rhythm that she had was disrupted and that she was missing something. That's that's interesting uh, mm-hmm. to think about because, well, I mean, we well, we want to create these healthy rhythms and that mm-hmm. she missed that one that mm-hmm. she found the most beauty. And that's amazing because when yeah. we, we do disrupt our healthy rhythms, we it's easier for us to look back and go, hey, I liked that yeah. about my routine or rhythm or everything. Right, right. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah, and so Lauren Winter completes the, the thought by saying, and yet here I am on a Sunday afternoon and it finds me sitting in a coffee shop, spending money, scribbling in the margins of my book, very much in time as we know it, not at all sure that I have opened my heart in any particular way. Yeah. So how many of us, you know, get home from do get home from you know, our worship experience and and then the then the rest of the day is is filled with whatever. So I've um, got to clean the house, I've got to do this. Right, whatever. And yeah. Right. Oh right. interesting. I love that. Uh, so, Steve, as we uh, move on, what are some uh, benefits that we will get from Sabbath when we create this healthy rhythm of, of rest in our lives? Okay. I think there's a number of them, Jeff. First of all, it gives us this sanctuary in time. Oh, wow. Yeah. It provides rest from activities of the week and to recharge. That's number one. It provides a sanctuary for the mind. It clears the mind of clutter of the anxieties that we face day to day. That would be a very important one. Yeah. It provides sanctuary for the self. Again, it honors our human limits. It acknowledges that we we aren't indispensable to the world. Right, yeah. It can go on for a day without us to keep it running. That's correct, yeah. You know? It provides sanctuary with God. Hmm. It honors God as we put aside work and worry for a time and focus on him. That's awesome. All of those things are amazing. Um, and sanctuary for the self says that we are not indispensable to the world. I, I love that because we can think that way, that if I don't, if I'm not doing something today, then I'm not doing anything. Right. But if we can sit and, and be with God in sanctuary, I, um, mm-hmm. I know there's benefits from that. So what are some uh, practical ways that we can practice Sabbath, Steve? Sure. Well, you know, we can set aside time each week away from work or other draining activities. If it can be on a Sunday where your only other activities are worship, community with other Christians or family and rest, and you know, that's that's a really great option. Um, If Sunday's not possible, though, 
Choose a time that works for you. Spend time with your family when you do this. So once you've set aside that time, make sure you spend it with family. You know, it would be rather sad if your family was so busy that eh, you had to spend Tuesday is your Sabbath day and and, um, and and your wife had to spend Thursday as her. Right, you yeah. Know, and you aren't really getting that, that benefit of, of being together as well, too. Correct. So, and just take that time. Enjoy the meals. You know, slow down. I don't know about you, but I have a bad a bad habit of of you know heating up my plate for lunch and and going and sitting at my desk and eating it while you know. And I used to do that at work for all yeah. these years. We're kind of trained to do that. I haven't broken. <laughs> uh, we try to eat actually, you know, a meal together at dinner. Um, you know, make sure we're eating one meal together, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, slow down, take time to enjoy meals uh, that God has blessed us with. You know, play with your family, enjoy it. You know, just talking, playing games, uh, and being thankful to God. Yeah. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be 100% of the time that you're just sitting there focusing on God or praying all day or, you know, re- you know reading the Bible all, all, all day. But, you know, enjoy that rest. Uh, but absolutely there are times when you stop during that day and, and reflect on God and honor God. So, you know, there's other ways you can take Sabbaths too. Put away the computer and the electronic devices mm. um, and do instead refreshing activities that you enjoy. What a concept there. Mm-hmm. Put away your phones and do something that you enjoy. A refreshing yeah. activity. I love that. Yeah, it's those electronics that has stolen, maybe to a degree, our, yeah. our our restfulness. And this is similar to the concept in in fasting. Okay. Um, yeah. Where you you can either you can either view that idea as I'm going to fast, uh, you know, I'm going to deny myself that electronics or those things that are draining, I'm going to deny myself because it's something that my, I just desire to do and, yeah. and, and self-denial. And it also can be looked at from the perspective of, I just need a rest from those things. So, okay. you know, you'll, you'll hear me talk about those things in connection to both fasting and, and Sabbath. Do those things. Take some time for spiritual disciplines sometime during, during, these breaks that you take, whether that's a full day you're able to allocate or you say, hey, I've got this section of the day, an evening or something that is going to be my Sabbath time. Just do some spiritual disciplines during those times. Set aside on a daily basis. It's good to set aside just a little time for kind of respite from things. You know, that's not a full Sabbath, but it's the idea of stopping and taking that yeah. that rest. Small steps are good. Yeah. Of course, vacations and things like that, getting away from the routine and, yeah. and getting a break just is going to refresh and recharge your mind. So those are some of the things that you can do. Uh, there's, again, there's no prescription, no prescribed way. This has to be done. It's not even prescribed as a discipline from scripture for Christians. But again, I think it's just has a lot of potential 
and again it honors God. Again, it is. I've been thinking and been talking with Danny and, and some of the other leadership here at, at, at Heartland of doing something radical, and I think that is something that we could do. That's radical is is actually take a day and set aside for just God and rest. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we could do. Like, wow, look at that group of people over there. Look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're they're resting on the day, and and it. it I think it's fascinating. And the um, point that you said about enjoying meals together, uh, being a new father, uh, two years, you know, we haven't gone out to uh, restaurants often uh, since the <laughs> pandemic hit, but we did, we went to a small little restaurant uh, last week. It was just uh, us three, me, Sarah, and Ethan. Mm-hmm. And I just sat back and I did that for a second. Like, oh, I haven't done this in a very long time. And I had a great time. You know, Ethan's a two-year-old and he's making all sorts of noise, but I was able to just detract myself from the situation and just kind of look and go, man, this is nice. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. So yeah. the whole dad joke about, you know, the Father's Day of we invite everybody out, but then we end up paying for the meal. <laughs> right. I get why we pay for the meal because oh, exactly. we want all the people together and we enjoy that part. Yeah. So I, I understand that joke and I think it's very, very important that we can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can take ourselves away from that moment just for a second to look and kind of see what God's perspective is and say, mm-hmm. hey, look at how much time you're spending with your family and soak it all in. Exactly, yeah. exactly. might even give us a little bit perspective, like we talked about how we think we're indispensable. Oh, there you um, go, yeah. You know, I know when I was at work, it was like there was always something that needed to be done, you know, I, and so, you know, if I didn't get this done, it was going to, you know, impact somebody else and their job, and I didn't want to do that. And so, you know, I felt in some sense, you know, indispensable. My, yeah. my piece had to be had to be done so maybe it'll help give us a little humility as well too there you go you know yeah i think i'm maybe not that important maybe i think maybe god is yeah and like we were you know we were talking before we hit record about the um the israelites when they were leaving in egypt and how they were this god who rests they were starting to serve was like no other god they had seen before because the egyptian gods didn't rest so why would the people that serve them rest as well so you're talking about a god we serve who rests we should probably do that, you know? Uh-huh. And like you like you said in your class, you know, it's not because Jesus did it, we should do it. It's because it's hugely beneficial for our uh, our, our mind, our body, and our soul. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, Steve. So, learning about Sabbath, we're all going to be trying to practice this new rhythm this week. So, what are we going to be setting up for for next week? Okay, next week we're going to be talking about fasting. Oh, awesome. Okay. And again, that's another very interesting topic yes um it's again one of those things that that we maybe don't understand or do very well and so uh, i hope to just open up a little bit of a window to the importance of fasting and how it really should it really should be a part of the christian lifestyle because jesus did it yeah that's true, and I've you know I've read a lot of uh, research on that. It's, it seems like science is finally catching up to what the Bible has been speaking about this whole time about how important it is for our health and mm-hmm. everything else. Uh, so it's fascinating. I'm gonna I know I'm gonna have a lot of uh, extra stuff for next week's podcast because uh, fasting is one of the subjects that uh, is, is another one that's fascinating to me because we're not taught to do that, right. especially here in America. We've got plenty of food and plenty of everything else. So when we deny that for a day you know kind of hmm that seems weird that strikes us a little odd doesn't it so yeah i'm looking forward to it all right me Uh, too 
Well, Steve, thank you again for for sitting down and preparing all this. I really greatly appreciate it. And I hope everybody out there listening uh, is benefiting from this as well. If you have any questions or comments, don't forget to uh, send them to hcocdigitalmedia at gmail.com. And we'll open it up and discuss those here. Uh, We thank you again so much for listening. And uh, we're going to leave you guys with some great music from Heartland Praise. Steve, have a great weekend. And I will see you on Resurrection Sunday, brother. All right. You too, Jeff. Looking forward to it. We are standing.